Hey everyone, welcome to the Higher Points Podcast. I'm Nick Sowers here in the studio with my buddy Nate Hyatt, coming at you with another To The Point, which is kind of out of our our normal realm of the schedule. I know we did one last week, but this would be our normally scheduled To The Point, and uh, Nate went to uh, Hemp Fest, correct, mm-hmm. that was put on by a company by the name, name of Cannabliss, and uh, you know, basically you just kind of talked about the, originally you were supposed to talk about the re- retail side, but you ended up talking about the farm and yeah, kind of well, I mean, was it just more of an awareness thing, or how how was it? It was a little bit of everything. So we started off talking about farms, like that was the first few people that came on. Actually, Amy was the first. She gave us like what the coalition like. That's about Amy. Co- Amy Reed, right? Amy Reed yeah, talking okay. about the coalition and um, what we're trying to do and lobbying and this and that, trying to talk about medical marijuana. And they were talking about Ty Masterson and how the dude's a prick and like. I don't know who Ty Masterson is. He's a, the senator for the Andover area. Oh, okay. And uh, is he pretty against the cannabis industry? I take it he single handedly stopped it from going through last year. Oh. He's the president of the Senate. Oh, okay. So he says yes, this bill can go in and get voted on, or no, it can't. And the dude is it? A... <laughs> He's a politician. <laughs> Um, I like you struggling with those words there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he he single-handedly stopped it last year, and there's been some stuff this year. So the governor came out, and she said in her state of the state address, right? okay. isn't that what they call it? Sure. She talked about medical marijuana and needing to legalize that. Well, Masterson, and she actually, there's two guys um, that passed away recently. One was that cop out in Hayes. Uh, or not the cop, the the guy out in Hayes, he was in the hospital, and he was using, um, I think it was like THC butter or something on his bread, and the cops came and arrested him and confiscated him and stuff while he's on his deathbed in the hospital. They ended up canceling the court date, but the dude died three weeks later, um, <clears throat> and he had been trying to get um, medical legalized. Then there was another guy that was on his deathbed, basically, and would have benefited from marijuana. He didn't use it because of um, the legality of it. It wasn't legal. The legal ramifications. Yeah. He's like, I'm not going to do it, even though it is going to help me. But he did testify multiple, multiple times. He wrote testimony for the coalition. Um, But he ended up passing away, too. And this article came out of Ty Masterson's responses. And basically said those guys are bad examples of why we need medical marijuana in this state. And what was his reasoning for that? He didn't have a whole lot behind it. Like just because um, they're bad because they're they go against what what I stand well, what for. They make me for, look yes. bad. Yes, <laughs> they're bad because they make me look that, bad. That, like literally, he said these are bad examples of medical marijuana. Why we need medical marijuana? Huh. Okay. So, so the whole day, Ty Masterson was kind of the subject. A little bit. Yes. Yeah. Off and on. But Amy talked. Um, some farms came on and talked. Um, Sunnyland, the, um, we actually used them to dry over in Newton. They talked. Um, and then Sarah Selman, um, they're bu- down by Augusta. They're doing similar stuff like Melissa. So um, grain and fiber, and they've got a processor down there in Augusta. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, and then... I talked after her, so all the farms, they had me talk about the farm and the retail side a little bit, um, and then 
we talked. Um, they had retail panelists. And they had a banking and investment panelist. And like... Um, so what were some of the things talked about? Real estate. About? Oh, sorry. And then they had some another investment panelist. And we're like, okay, what are these guys? Turns out these guys were the multi-state operators <laughs> from Oklahoma and Missouri. And they have dispensaries elsewhere that are wanting to put that stuff in Kansas. So it was... Uh, so you've essentially got those people who already have multi-million dollar facilities and backing mm-hmm. that are just waiting for the floodgates to open. Oh, yeah, they are. They're already set up. Yeah. I mean, I mean, they're essentially, and they would crush somebody like you yeah, easily, or quickly. There's like uh, Sam Jones um, and his group, um, Kansas Natural Remedies is the name of their company. And they've done it the right way, like the last four years in Kansas. They actually just started fully functioning and operating as a hemp grow. Um, an indoor hemp grow that's 10,000 square foot in downtown Wichita. So they started in 2019 getting the ball rolling and getting investment and getting all this and stuff. And I mean, they've got everything from the storefront to the grow to a lobbyist, you know, they've got a big team and they've got a lot of money. Um, so they're going to be able to fight the fight against out of state entities, but there's only so much like one company can do like that, you know? Yeah. Well, and not only that, but one company that's fighting multiple investors that have a lot more of the, that dollar pool. Yeah. One of these dudes, I mean, he sat up there and it was funny because, um, Kelly Ripple, he's head of Kansans for hemp. He's a huge advocate for the last 10 years in the state. He's part of the reason hemp is legal in the state you know like he was at all the meetings and helping write legislation and just educating the politicians and he asked him a question about um like how the state really is of what oklahoma is with with marijuana he's like i've heard it's um like big black market um the biggest black market in the country and this and that and those guys said oh that's all garbage and then later on down in this panel, these guys contradicted themselves and said there's busts all the time and that it's a nightmare and this and that. And <laughs> just, I was like, I just stood up there. I was standing in the back, like listening to these dudes talk. I was like, these guys are going to be the ones that run the medical marijuana industry because they've got the money. And they said it doesn't matter if you guys have Kansas residents on that paperwork, you know. Um, like a Kansas resident has to own the entity, you know. Yeah, there's just a workaround. He's <clears> like, it's, it's just not a, hard. It's just paperwork. Yep, he yeah. said it's just paperwork. Out of state's gonna be here. They're gonna bring their money in. Yeah, agreed. You're wasting your time. Yeah, but you know, there's 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 a way for them to make it to where local businesses can stay in the marijuana business, you know, or the cannabis industry. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Well, I mean, and I think it's important that, you know, you take the good with the bad with mm-hmm. what you were talking about in the sense of like, you know, let's face it with anything, there's good and bad, no yeah. matter what. Well, and you know, I, I've talked kind of negative about this deal, but like 90% of the day was good. You know, like talking to Troy Flager, he is here in Hutch. He's a distributor. He sells our products um, and he sells Casey Hemp. He sells 
a bunch of other um, stuff to like liquor stores. A lot of his stuff is more tailored towards the recreational side, like the Delta Eights, Delta Nines, HHCs, all that stuff is what he does mostly. Um, but he does sell our stuff and he's a good dude. And then just hanging out with the coalition all day and like people like Sarah Selman, um, and their group down there from Augusta, you know, just being around those people that are leading in the industry is just like, we're building a freaking industry, a cannabis industry in Kansas. And everybody in that room is a part of it. You know, that was exciting to me. Well, how does it make you feel to think that you've done all this work and you're doing all of this effort, energy, and you have all these people that are potentially going to come from other states outside and essentially just completely flood and kind of screw over the work you've made? Like, how does that? I mean, and I'm, I'm, and I actually, from my perspective, like, that's what I'm seeing and hearing from you. I'm not saying that's what's going to happen, well, whatever, but like, I how does that make you feel? I made that comment to Amy and Cheryl <laughs> yesterday. They're both on the coalition. Yeah. I, I made that comment to them. I was like, you know, we're putting all this free hey, work exactly. in to get this legalized and get it everything changed and these guys are going to be the ones that come in and benefit from it yeah you know it's like don't mean to put doom and gloom on this but well, but i mean to think about it it's it's like a it's like a locomotive they're essentially a large locomotive with multiple cars attached they're they're big they're strong they're heavy <clears throat> and when they come rolling in they're hard to stop yep i mean it's, and- it's the same analogy that they're going to do the exact same thing coming here and 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 i that's not me because i'm i'm that's that's free market capitalism you know that's no like, it is and, and that's that's what it is i mean but it's it's hard when kansas is behind i mean kansas has screwed itself mm-hmm. it's it's behind the curve like it usually is on everything always um and and actually not- kelly dropped a bombshell so wichita kansas is like ground zero for the cannabis eradication in the united states like they developed the first hemp eradication program in the country in Wichita in 1927. Huh. That's like 40 years before they banned it and had it as a schedule one drug. Huh. In Wichita. I wonder why it was, it had to do with, I think some of the textile stuff. Um, but also there was ties in the pharmaceutical industry. Um, with the guys doing the research on the hemp, um, to, I can't remember this guy's name, but he was a, a big player in the pharmaceutical industry at that time. Well, hard to patent a, a plant that just grows yeah. versus something that we make and we can sell. Yeah. They've actually, so the people who did the research, they have the only patent for a cannabis-based product that is a pharmaceutical drug. Which is? Well, I know there is a cannabis-based product called Marinol. I think that's it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but whoever patented that, like, they did the research back in the day, and they also were part of the reason that it got banned. Huh. It's like a crazy web of stuff. And there's, there's actually a lot of stuff out there, like the term marijuana. There's a lot of racism tied into that. And so, like, you see medical cannabis programs now instead of medical marijuana because that there's a lot of racism tied into marijuana. I have well, I think it I think I think instead of, of of applying the word racism to it, I think that the the best connotation is there's there's a negative connotation to that word. Mm-hmm. I mean, we spent we spent how long and how many times have we talked on this podcast? That here's your brain, here's your brain on drugs. You know, like that whole thing of that like the the marijuana is like 
essentially the n-word of the cannabis word yeah. of the world you know i mean essentially it's got just that negative connotation and it's all about the verbiage it's all about what you're putting out there it's all about how you're saying it and like basically selling it when you say words like like marijuana then it get everybody's like uh oh the walls come up you know yeah. whereas when you say something like cannabis or hemp or whatever you at least kind of get the eye of like, well, isn't that illegal? And like, yeah. you at least can have the conversation versus the wall coming up, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that's the important part of that is the negative connotation. No, I agree. And I, I do think that it is like, and that, so there was a House of Representatives member. His name is Silas Miller. He's for the Wichita area. He just got elected and he's actually writing a recreational bill for cannabis. And he said he's going to try to have it out here in the next few weeks. We're thinking next week um, they're going to have the medical bill um, released to the public. What's what's the coalition's official stance on medical versus recreational? Um, it depends on the person in the coalition. Our okay. official stance, you know, like we're we're for the patients, you know. So we're basically, I mean, we're really more towards the medical side of it. Okay, but um, there would be a lot of issues solved have if we would just do it all just legalize it all you know like we wouldn't have all this gray area bullshit of hhc and delta nine and well delta and the 8. thing that you have right now currently with the hemp industry where people in like say Hayes are getting raided but you're not mm -hmm. you know and not that i'm saying that i want you to or anything like that but of like it's like that. county to county is yeah. different you know and it's it's <clears> a joke <throat> but like here like we sell delta nine gummies and that is it you know like there's some places like go up to that vapor 100 upon 30th man it is like there's bongs on the wall they've got everything in there it's a dispensary 100 percent minus the butt is a dispensary yeah um and so we're not a head shop like not trying to look like a head shop like that but like those are the those are the guys that are going to be the ones that hutch they get everybody else screwed over kind yeah. of thing yeah in my opinion and they're a big chain, and they've got them in Wichita and all over. Um, which, I guess, take advantage, get it while the getting's good. But. Well, so to circle back, so you said there were like re retail panels. Essentially, what were you guys talking about on the retail side of things? Like, what was the kind of the the uh, direction of the conversation? Um, I didn't really like the way the direction went for some of it because they wanted to talk about the Delta Eight, Delta Nine stuff, and they wanted to talk about making money in that way and not as much the medical side of stuff. Um, so I kind of got that feeling from the beginning that it was going to be that way. Um, he emailed me and said, like, talk about your farm and your store. And then we're going to talk about Delta eight and Delta nine. I just wasn't, I don't know. I, I'm not a firm believer. Like it's a gray area, you know, ethically, I don't want to sell it. Like, but if I start looking at it and look at the dollar signs, I'm like, fuck, I want to sell why, that yeah, stuff. Why, why am I not doing this yet? I was like, we're struggling to make payroll this week. Like, we're going to do it. But like, by the, just, just because we had a out of the blue, awesome day Saturday is the only reason we're making payroll and don't have to put money in the company. You know, you know how, like, if we had that Delta 8, Delta 9, THC, like HHC, all those recreational looking products. Probably wouldn't have to worry about that. You know, so I see it from that standpoint too. Like, shit, we wouldn't have to worry about payroll and paying the bills near as much. 
if we had these products, you know? Well, I think it's, I don't know. I think it's admirable. And, and of course that's easy for me to say because I'm, I'm sitting here in the relative comfort of not running a business. Right. Mm -hmm. But I mean, you, you guys have always kind of just stuck to like, here's what we're doing and like, here's what we stand for. And like, you haven't sold your soul for the dollar. And it was, you've always stood by the fact that like CBD is medicine, your mom, it helped your mom. Like, that's what we want to do. We don't, I shouldn't say that we don't want to see people high because I I could definitely see you guys like getting enjoyment out of life. Like you wouldn't, you wouldn't mind people getting enjoyment out of life, Mm -hmm. but you've built your brand on CBD as medicine. Yeah. And and you've stuck to that, even though it would be significantly more profitable for you to do those other things. And like I talked to um, Troy there about it, you know, and it's like our products, you have to educate, educate, educate because people have gone to the gas station and buying that. Yeah. Shitty CBD that doesn't work, you know, like if they use a quality CBD product, it's going to help them. I almost guarantee it. Um, and so we've got to educate and we've got to build that customer base of our return customers, but that is a grind. Yeah. It takes forever, you know? Um, so it's just, we're boots on the ground every weekend at these booths and craft vendor fairs and this and that trying to educate those people and just we get one return customer you know it's a good weekend for us eventually like we've done a hundred of these booths now you know (laughs) eventually they'll keep compounding and they'll tell their friend and their friend and their friend but it doesn't happen overnight so one of these days man (laughs) just don't forget me just remember, I've always been here in the podcast with it through you. I don't know. We had someone come up to us and say, you know, you guys are the most professional, like, soiled oil, like, grow and retail Ooh, I like in that. Kansas. I like that soiled oil. I hadn't yeah. heard that before. You're the most professional in Kansas when it comes to that. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, mom, did you hear that? Yeah. I'm successful. It's like, that's, I said, thank you. But, I mean, that just... Blew me off my feet. Dude, I, you know? I can't argue with it. I mean, I can't. Who who can who can say? I mean, and, and you can answer this question honestly. I'm asking this as a legitimate question. Who can say they're doing what your company is doing in Kansas? I mean, like all the way through, as far as the whole like planting by hand and then managing with zero chemicals and the cover crops and like all of that other kind of stuff, and then all the way through to to bottling and testing and taking it to that and then and then testing it to make sure it doesn't have heavy metals and then selling their own product and then standing behind it and doing the the education and then going to those uh those different um what do you guys call those like when you go to the farmers markets the farmers markets and stuff like that but not only that but then also being invested in uh the kansas cannabis coalition and working on the actual i mean you guys literally do everything from freaking seed to legislature there's no part of that process that you're not involved in i want to buy an extractor next so that's my goal we actually found a bank that's going to be like we'll loan you money basically um they're a a state bank out of but they're based in oklahoma but they own basically their own credit card processing and like the whole deal so they're not like federally backed but they've got they said 105 billion in assets you know, so we're not even going to touch that. <laughs> like, yeah, right. Our money's safe with them. Yeah. Um, but that's exciting. You know, like I want to, I want to put our own extraction. Then we really are like 
whole process yep. all the way yeah, through. Right. Like that is the one thing we wouldn't like obviously have our own seed. Like we're still going to buy seed, but 90% of our process. Well, once you get the extraction set, maybe that's the next step. Yeah. And then say, I mean, you've got like this fully vertically integrated. I think um, it'd be cool to build greenhouses, but build them out of hempcrete. Yeah. And make it like a, like a destination farm, you know, where like, you have an Airbnb and people can go out there and stay at your Airbnb and check out the greenhouses and all that. I think that'd be badass. Hmm. That's kind of a cool idea. So, so you did the, the retail side and then you said there was a farm side. So like, what was the kind of conversation there on the farm side? Um, so they talked about, um, our grow, Sunnylands grow, which their grow is our grow just like two years behind. Um, then there is um, Sam Jones and his indoor grow, and then Sarah and her um, fiber and grain and that kind of stuff. They talked about how the, the market's still developed. I mean, like the legislation's still changing for that. Like um, like Melissa and Sarah for their, um, their grain and fiber stuff, they're not going to have to – I think that it's not going to be tested for THC anymore. You know, they're just going to go chop that stuff or swath it and bail it. You know, they don't have to worry about testing that crap. It's like, what's the point? Yeah, right. That's all. It's not going for human consumption. That ain't no fun for no for someone from the state to go out there and pull 100 samples out of a circle of hemp in the middle of summertime <laughs> by foot. Yeah. You know, he's got to pull 108-inch samples out of this freaking field. No thanks. <laughs> that's a lot. I mean, it's, and that's not scalable. Like You know, like... Eventually, it's going to get to a point where there's hundreds of thousands of acres of hemp grown, and we won't be able to keep up with that. <clears throat> but, I don't know, I'm excited about the future of the hemp industry, man. And, like, at the end, I made a made a comment about, like, um, building houses and this and that, and, like, hopefully by the end of the year, we're going to build a hempcrete home in central Kansas. That perked people up. They're excited <laughs> about that. Um, so, so, and then the investment side. So, and you said there was like a banking and investment side, obviously banking's always been a big issue, Mm -hmm. um, because of the federal backing stuff like that. So what was the, what was the direction of the conversation there? It was like, it was actually the two people that we talked to, like they have, they've got the banks in Oklahoma and stuff that are able to lend to cannabis owners because they're separated from the federal government, you know? And it's, it's ridiculous. Like, I mean, they put up a, a deal, like a like a flow chart or whatever on the way the law enforcement works for, for that, you know, like the state can't stop the FBI from coming to confiscate, confiscate our hemp, but the FBI can't tell the state to come in and confiscate it from us, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, and there was some stuff on like the, what's it called when they can confiscate like the cash and keep it the long asset forfeiture, something like that changing for the cannabis industry. Because people have lost millions on that stuff. Yeah. I mean, essentially what happens is like when in Kansas and many, all states actually, when you conduct. Because the federal government can come in and take it whenever they want, basically. When you conduct certain crimes, the government can seize your assets and then the government owns it and then they can sell it and auction it off. Like just, it's not an overnight process. There is a due process and everything, but you don't own the assets during that entire due process period. So if. And it's a big if you win that, 
I mean, you're probably in court for a year or two or more. It's all going to go to the attorneys and, anyways. And yeah, and you're going <laughs> to, and you're going to just lose your ass anyway. So I mean, it's, it's a losing battle either way. And I will say for those of you listening, there have been significant changes and advances in asset forfeiture. It used to be that essentially a law enforcement officer could just like, they could seize your assets, but not arrest you and not charge you with a crime. Cause the, the, the asset forfeiture is actually a civil tort. It's not criminal. <laughs> it is a civil tort between you and that specific law enforcement agency. It is a, it's no different than being sued. It's the exact same court process. It's a civil tort. So, um, it used to be that they could seize it and then you, you have to come to court and you have to do, well, most people don't have the funds, the time, the understanding, et cetera. And so law enforcement agencies were doing stupid stuff and seizing people's property. Like, like, Hey, uh, uh, that necklace that's in the center of console. I like that. Give that to me, you know, like that, that kind of thought process, you know, <laughs> um, which was completely wrong. Mm-hmm. And they, they, they changed up asset forfeiture so much. And, and I think for the better, it makes it harder for us. It's kind of like a pain in the ass, which is good. As, as a government official, I'm saying that's good because it, it kind of makes us go like, eh, I don't really want to do that because it's kind of a pain in the ass. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's a good thing. But there are times where like we just recently did an asset forfeiture where we had some Cuban nationals that were, uh, in the, the McPherson Rice Reno County area. They'd taken a huge F 450 and put a flatbed on the back of it, but the entire flatbed, they put a, a diesel tank inside of it. Well, they were taking people's credit card information that they'd skimmed and putting them on cards. Like they'd come into Casey's and just pull gift cards off the rack and steal them and then go outside and encode your credit card number on that card. They'd just swipe it through a magnetic encoder, go out to the gas pump, slide your card as if your card was actually there. Mm-hmm. And then they'd fill that tank with diesel. <sighs> and then they were taking that diesel and then selling it and making essentially just pure profit. So we actually caught them. Um, I shouldn't say we, I have to give credit where credit's due. Uh, Sergeant Tomer actually caught them, caught up with them, arrested them. We seized that truck. And it actually is benefiting like for us because we're taking that and now it's going to be used as a, um, they want to use salt brining of the streets and use it for other purposes too. Mm-hmm. But they, that truck is set up because it's got that huge diesel tank and it's like a, like 300 and some gallons of diesel or something on the back of this truck, but you'd never know it because it yeah. looks like a regular flatbed truck um, that it's got crazy suspension on it and everything. And so like, that's a, that's where to me, like asset forfeiture is like a good thing. Like, like these people were going out, they were victimizing people and they were using this property and stuff to do it. And like, okay, now you don't have that anymore. Cause like, could you imagine yeah, and if we well, seize that as evidence and then gave it back to those guys, what do you think they're going to go out and do? Right. Do the same shit. Yeah. They're going to do the same thing. So yeah. Or like oxygen, oxygen, auctioning that stuff off yeah. too, you know? And we then, could, we could do that with it, but we're not. And then you can use that money for. Yeah. And for training and stuff like that. Training and equipment. Sending Nick to, uh, trainings all over the country. <laughs> I don't even think we'd get that much money for it, man. Like if you took that truck and put it on purple wave or something, it's not going to go for like a hundred thousand dollars or anything. Yeah. So, um, back on subject. So you did the banking investment, but then you had like the investment at the end, which was more people that were kind of outside of the state, kind of big money. Yeah. And was that concerning to you? Um, I had kind of had the feeling that it was going to end up being that way. Um, cause I had seen just the way the host had interacted with some other people in some other areas, some other, um, events. 
and um, he claims that like he's got four Kansas farmers is all he uses and this and that and he wouldn't tell us who these farmers were but then he also says he's got thousands of farmers that want to put products on his shelves at his companies it's like dude there's only 80 hemp farmers in Kansas <laughs> like <laughs> you're off your rocker <laughs> I don't doubt there's thousands of hemp farmers in the United States honestly of true hemp yeah farmers yeah mm-hmm. right because there is a very if you're listening to the podcast for the first time there's a very distinct difference between hemp and marijuana yeah not very just 0.3 percent thc yeah but as far as from the legal definition there's oh. a very big difference yeah like if you looked at them on the table like the two different leaves you would never know or the buds the buds yeah sorry well, buds leaves all of it the plant looks the same <laughs> smells yeah. the same Feels the same. Yep, my my truck smells like probable cause regularly when I help you with harvest. <laughs> yeah, that it does. Um, so so how did you feel like the overall like overall how it went? Do you think it was well? Do you think it was like could have been different? Like could have been better? Could have been? I mean, how did you? You said it was ninety percent good. Yeah, and but I mean, I think it kind of lit some lit some fires under like some of the local people's asses. Like Kelly walked out of there pissed at the end of the day. He's like, I can't believe this crap. Like, he's like, I'm drinking more coffee. I've had about eight cups today. I don't need any more coffee, but I'm just, I'm angry right now. I was like, you probably need some bourbon for that coffee, man. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I know I'm feeling that way there towards the end. Like lit fires in what way? Uh, just like how not for the state some people are in this industry. You know, like we need to support our Kansas farmers and our Kansas dispensary owners and CBD store owners and <laughs> like cannabis nurses and everything, you know, and it's just not priority for a lot of people. Well, but that's because it's not as profitable as other things. That's, yeah. that's the main reason why the, the, I mean, follow the dollar. Right? It is as profitable, but it's just not for those certain people. Yeah. You know, there's plenty of money in this industry to spread it out a little bit. No, no. What, what I was getting was those people already have their niche that they're kind of set up on and they're profiting from. Whereas if I have to go over here and do this, like that's more investment, et cetera, time after yeah. energy. Not that I meant it's not as profitable in that sense. I really think that Kansas residents or the way the bill is going to be written, it's going to have to go through like a pharmaceutical company. In order for you to get medical marijuana, medical cannabis, excuse me, in Kansas. Yeah. Um, it's going to be difficult for small guys to make it work. I think small guys are going to have to be the ancillary businesses, you know, like maybe us making soil and compost. Maybe that can be our end to the industry or firing up a security business where you set up security and make sure people are compliant, you know, like that'd be something. I don't know. There's there's lots of or building greenhouses. That's one thing I'm gonna do is the hempcrete. Uh, maybe not hempcrete ones, but greenhouses and oh, okay. get those set up and that kind of stuff. No, it's, you guys don't have any experience with that, so I yeah. don't know why you do that. We get to build another one here this <laughs> this April. Are you still having to do the whole like connecting them together or cutting them in half or whatever it was you guys were talking about because of the square footages and stuff? Like, yes. Ugh. I don't want to do that at all. That was Dad's idea. Because he wants them to be the same length. I was like, well, they'll just get another 72-foot one instead of a 100-foot one. <laughs> like, <laughs> it'll be okay. <laughs> oh, I thought that was like a government thing, like you had to do to satisfy some government thing. No, you can order. Well, see, he wanted to get a 100-foot one, so we got a 100-foot one for next year. 
but the one we have is 72 foot. And so he was going to add on that extra 28 foot to that 72 foot one. So they're both the same length. OCD much or what? But in order for us to get the grant, it's got to be separate from that current one we have. Oh, yeah. For, for a year. And yeah. So we'd right. have to set it up, build the end wall. And then eventually connect. tear it down and connect it. Yeah. As you're like, I don't want to do any of that. It's like, let's just build 72 foot ones and call it a day. I don't know. It's, I don't know. There's a lot of exciting things happening in the cannabis industry and it, it is cool. Like nobody gets a chance to build an industry ever. Rarely. They were talking about that at this deal yesterday. It's like the last time someone got to sit down and build an industry was like when tech was starting to take off, you know? What was that, 30 years ago? Yeah. And, like... Shit, it'd be more than that, bro. I mean, we were talking early 90s. So, I mean, late 80s, early 90s, you're climbing in more on 40 years. Yeah. And, like, we're part of it now. Like, building the cannabis industry in Kansas and the United States. Like, they're predicting it's going to be, like, a $350 billion market by 2025. But the interesting part, though, that's... Like from what I've heard, that's concerning of who, uh, whom are we building it for? Yeah, that's the important piece of that equation. Okay, fantastic, three hundred five billion dollars. But now you have those outside investors. Now all that money's in different states, different places. Like, what what did we actually gain? You know, the CBD stuff ain't gonna go away. I think long term, people are gonna realize, hey, like we need this stuff too. You know, it's part of it. You can put. Thousand milligrams, of, you can eat thousand milligrams of THC, and you're gonna be blitzed, not feel good at all. But you can take CBD with that, and it's gonna mellow you out. You know, I mean, that's obviously a little bit of an exaggeration, but um, I think it's it's um, it can be compared to like the testosterone. You know, I'm I'm taking that you know the testosterone journey as far as you know it being prescribed to me. It used to be thought. Same way with cannabis. Like cannabis used to be demonized. There was nothing good. It was Mm -hmm. all terrible for you. It was like the, you know, the devil's lettuce. And whereas testosterone was thought to be the same way. Whereas if you supplement testosterone, you are going to have like heart attacks and heart disease and all this other kind of stuff. And they've since found out, uh, okay, that's not the case. And testosterone has been around since, you know, human beings have been around. Mm -hmm. And so I think CBD will be the same way. And what you're saying in the sense of people are going to start to understand it more and understand it better for what it truly brings to the table. Yeah. And the cool thing is you're going to have this crazy foundation that you're building on right now that you're going to be able to stand on and you're going to be able to just completely like essentially profit from when the time comes. Hopefully. It's going to be will. a grind to get there. You will. It's going to be will. a grind. I, you know, like... I, I, I can't explain what I feel when it comes to your family. Like, there's just, I have no doubts. I mean. None, none whatsoever. I enjoy it, though. I enjoy the grind. I enjoy the process. You know? Like. Sometimes seeing your mom and sometimes your dad, I don't think they do as much. <laughs> well, like, yesterday, they had fun. Like, at that deal yesterday, like, we were working. Obviously, we're networking and this and that, but we had fun. You know? And at the booths and stuff, like. Yeah, we're working, but we still have a good time and we get to see all these awesome people creating these awesome things, you know, and have good conversations and it's, it's fun. You know, some of the hard work pulling weeds on our hands and knees isn't as fun, but, um, it's all part of the process and we get better at not pulling as many weeds. So, (laughs) 
Well, we're uh, we're at thirty eight minutes. You got anything else to say on the the hemp hemp fest? Not a whole lot. I just uh, how do you think legislative session is going to go this week? We're going to have a medical marijuana bill, medical cannabis bill. <laughs> um, it's going to be uh, put out to the public to see. Maybe not put out to the public, but you think it's? Gonna... I'll, I'll be able to see it this week. I bet. Yeah. Do you think that it's? Uh, you think it's got? Uh chance in passing this year at all in your opinion <laughs> we me and amy talked about this a little bit so we got a deal in uh, kansas city march 4th it's called march 4th um march 4th for cannabis something or another I'll, a play on the words got it yes um but we're doing it on state line road in um, kansas city and we're gonna have people on the kansas side on their hands and knees or on their knees in handcuffs. We're going to have people on the Missouri side, like standing, saying what they use their marijuana for, for their ailments and stuff. And we're going to say, we tried to use it for this, like this ailment and we'll be like arrested. We're going to have a drone fly over and that kind of stuff. And I was like, so what happens if they pass before that? And all the girls just started laughing at me. <laughs> I was like, so we're not that optimistic about a bill this year, huh? She's like, well, I was originally the same way, but the way Masterson's been, not real optimistic. Yeah. So. Well, it's unfortunate there's somebody that has that much power. Yeah. Essentially kind of like an oligarchy. Yep. He's going to give what's coming to him, man. Well, I mean, everybody's going to choose a side, I guess. See what kind of happens. Yeah, karma comes around. Don't vote for that guy when he runs for governor. Please, for love God. Because he's going to. I've heard that's what his uh, his goals and aspirations are, is to run for governor. Hey, anybody that listens in the Andover area, don't vote for that guy next time. Look him up a little bit. Look into him. You won't like what you find. Try to meet with him. He'll probably charge you ten grand. <laughs> Seriously, I've heard that. Like He's had tried to have meetings. People that weren't constituents with him, tried to reach out to him and have a meeting. He's like, that'll cost you, it's 10 grand. That's what we've heard. How is that even lawful? I don't think it is. I don't think he cares. Well, I mean. I think he feels like he's above, most politicians feel like they're above the law. You know, because they get DUI swept under the rug all the time. And worse. Well, why do you think the DUI statute's as long as it is? And there's so many loopholes and all that other kind of stuff. The DUI statute last Sunday was six pages long. Politicians can touch little boys and get away with it, man. The the statute for murder is one paragraph. Exactly. So, what's that tell you? <laughs> loopholes. Yeah, exactly. You get a DUI, get you a good lawyer. One that's helped out some politicians. And don't get stopped by me because that doesn't, that doesn't help you. <laughs> because <laughs> i do a good job but anyway let's wrap it up man i'll let you do the outro sounds good well i hope you guys uh, enjoyed this episode of the higher points and if you guys have any uh questions on cannabis you know just give me a holler um you can call me text me hit me up on instagram facebook whatever you know hit us up um on the higher points or my personal instagram um but we appreciate you guys listening and don't forget to like our uh social medias our facebook um instagram at the higher points and uh leave us a like and review and also um we are renting out the the uh studio so if you guys have any desire at all reach out on that too and uh, we'll get you set up so cool all right we'll catch up with you guys next time thanks for listening